Welcome to Adventism 101. In this episode, Sharissa Tarosian will talk about the important question, what must I do to be saved? We hope this inspires you and strengthens your trust in Scripture. So, grab your Bible and enjoy. The Bible is a love story. Everything starts off just beautifully. God makes Adam and Eve. He puts them in a paradise. He wants to have a love relationship with them. He loves them. But then they make a sad choice where they choose to believe lies about God. The word salvation, Google's always helpful, but I looked up the Google dictionary. Salvation means preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. So the story of salvation, the plan of salvation as we see it in the Bible, it is the greatest illustration, the greatest story of of salvation, the greatest example of salvation you will see anywhere in the universe. It's an epic story. It is good news. The gospel is good news. But in order for us to know why it's good news, we must first understand the bad news. The gospel is only as good as if the bad news is really bad. So the worst the bad news is that's going to make the gospel even better. So the bad news is, as we know, when we open our Bibles, we read Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Everything starts out great. And then along comes chapter 3. And into chapter 3, a serpent slithers in, and he, he does something that is new in the Bible. All the way through chapter 1, it says, God said, and it was good. God said, God said, God said. You come to chapter 3. And the serpent slithers into the text and he says, has God indeed said? He casts doubt over what God had said. Sadly, he appeals to, um, to Eve in ways that I wish she hadn't have been so interested in. And yet at the same time, I think, would I have done differently if I was in her shoes? But she, he tempted her into believing that God was holding things back from her, that he was lying to her, that he was trying to keep her back from something that was actually very good. But what happened? Well, a virus broke out in this planet once sin, once sin entered the world and death through sin. And we know all about pandemics. We know all about COVID. We're here currently, for those listening online, we are here at a campground and several campers have already gone home because they've caught a virus. Well, sin is very much a virus and it infects all of us. There's not a single person who is born into the world who has not been infected by the virus of sin. Sin causes guilt. Sin causes shame. And there's not a pill in the world that can fix these things. We need God. We need a Savior. We need help outside of ourselves. We need, if it could be, like some medicine that would help us. And when we look at the Bible, we see the glorious good news. This is so simple, friends. And I have a book at home. It's like this thick, and it's called Salvation. (laughs) It's a thick book. And I think I'm happy it's thick because I think we could learn so much and reflect on it. But at the same time, I like that we can distill salvation, the plan of salvation, down to something simple so that a child can understand, so that anyone can understand that they are a sinner, but God loves them and he has He sent his son to die in their place so that they can, by believing in him, be saved. The bad news is we have all got this infection this virus, and the wages of sin, according to Romans 6.23, is death. 
that's pretty bad. It gets even worse in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Have you ever thought about why sin leads to death? It's because sin separates us from God. God is the source of life. If we're not connected with God, if we're not close to him, we will die because he is the life giver. But here is the rest of the text that I didn't read to you for purpose sake. Romans 6.23 again, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I'm glad you said amen, because that is such an amazing moment in Scripture. The gift of God. What do you do for a gift? Do you earn a gift? Do you work hard for a gift? No, a gift is something you receive, not because you're worthy. It's a gift. A gift is not something you buy. It's a gift. It's given to you. And the very first clue of how God was going to give us the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord, we actually see the first clue of this way back in the Genesis account. In Genesis 3.21, it says, After Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked. They tried to cover up their shame and nakedness with fig leaves. Remember that? But then it says in verse 21 that the Lord made for them tunics of skins to cover their nakedness. In other words, something had to die. And that was a little clue into the inside of how God would save us. And I want you to know, you go to the book of Revelation, and when it talks about Jesus in Revelation, there's this beautiful line that says that he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Christ was committed to the cross even before the human race was made, so that if God forbid, if we chose to ignore him, to do our own thing, to choose sin over choosing a loving relationship with him, then Jesus was ready to step in and be the Lamb of God slain for us. He was ready to come and die for us. Amazing. The plan of salvation is God's process to bridge the gap caused by sin through Christ. We are united with God. Let's say this one together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gospel in a nutshell. (laughs) And it's beautiful. If you don't know anything else about the Bible, this is one to know. I love this one here too in Romans 5, 6 through 10. It says, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the perfect people. Is that what it says? It says, Christ died for the ungodly. What's ungodly mean? Without God. Sinful. Lost. He died for a lost world. Verse 8, I love. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were not sinning, still sinners, Christ died for us. I just think we could just go so slowly through these and just wrap our minds around each text because this is, this is as true as the seats you're sitting on, like it's true, it's solid, it's real. This is the good news of salvation, that Jesus paid the debt that should have been ours. And because he paid it all, we are free. And he wants not only for us to be free, but he wants for us to share an eternal life with him. So I like to, I'm going to distill it down to three steps to salvation. If you're ever talking with a friend 
and, you, and they say, look, I don't know how to believe in God. I, I want to believe, but I don't know how. You could lead them through these three simple steps. And um, the first thing I would highlight here is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This is Adventism 101. As Seventh-day Adventists, we don't believe in legalism. No, we believe that we are saved by faith, by grace, by sorry, saved through faith. <laughs> Let me just say it again. By grace, through faith, and not of ourselves. We believe as Seventh-day Adventist Bible-believing Christians that God has done everything that needed to be done for our salvation. There's nothing you and I can do to add to it. If we do, we're actually not real. We're not showing that we recognize what God has done because we cannot add to what God has done. What more could you do when God has done everything for you and I? So the first step is to believe. And I put in there little things in the top corner there for me, prompts. If someone wants to believe in God, you should first of all make sure that they accept the fact that God loves them and also help them to understand that they cannot save themselves. Like sin is a virus that you can't, you can't fix through a healthy diet. <laughs> you, can't, you can't fix through exercise. You need a savior. So accept that God loves you. Accept that he wants to be your savior. Recognize you need a savior. And now, first step, believe. Notice what the Bible says, Acts 16, verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your household. Nice and simple. I like that. Second thing here, we've read that verse. So the second step is repent. What does it mean to repent? To turn the other way. So you're going in the wrong direction. You're walking in the path of sin. You're walking in a path that is dangerous to you, dangerous to other people, hurtful to God, and it's causing you shame and guilt and you're stuck. But when you turn and you put your eyes on Jesus and you believe that he can save you, that God loves you, you turn. And God actually gives us the gift of repentance. He actually helps us. He does that for us. We turn and we do a one. Is it 180? As long as I don't say 360. <laughs> Otherwise, that would be bad. We turn and we go the other way towards Jesus, towards him. Uh, so it's a turning from sin to the Savior, repentance. Repent, therefore, on the day of Pentecost and be converted, Acts 3.19, that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And step three, I think I actually put four steps in here, but that's all right. Step three is confess. I don't know how many times I've come to this text in my life. Um, God knows. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to think about cleansing us from most of our unrighteousness. <laughs> Don't you love how the text actually reads? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The salvation, the deliverance, the redemption that comes to us in God's word that is described here, it is one that is full. There's not one part of our experience that isn't catered for. God has taken it upon himself to do everything that he can for us. And uh, it's wonderful because, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. 
I love that when you see God's, when you see God, when you, when you read about him in his word, we see that God's throne is a throne of mercy, not marble. That God is a merciful God, a loving God, a gracious God. Sorry, I said there are three steps and I'm adding in a bonus fourth. Receive. <laughs> Receive. This is very wonderful. First John 2, verses 4 and 5. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. So we, we believe that Jesus can save us. We believe what he has said he will do. We ask him to give us a, a hatred for sin and a love for him. And he gives us this gift of repentance so that we turn from the things of the world. We turn to Jesus. We confess our sins. We want nothing to come between us. And because of that, we receive him as Lord of our lives. Now, Lord is not a word we use unless we're reading the Bible. But what does Lord mean to you when you hear that word? Boss. Boss. Yeah. High nobility. High nobility. Yes. I think of master. So he is, if he is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. I've heard someone say that. When Jesus is your Lord, he's your master. He's your higher nobility. He's your king. He's, he's your boss, but a very loving one. He'll never hire and fire you like other bosses. He's really going to try and do everything he can to support you in this journey of faith. So Jesus wants to be Lord of our finances. He wants to take charge of every corner of our lives in, in the salvation process. I'm happy about that because he doesn't just want to... He doesn't just want salvation to be something that I think about one day a week, but he wants it to be an everyday thing. He wants us to experience what he has done for us, his rescue for us every single day in every area of our lives. And so I come now closing to the finish line. First John 4.19. We love him because he first loved us. There's this wonderful line and it says, only by love is love awakened. It's not hard to love a God who loved us first. It's not hard to love someone who not only loved us first, but loved us with everything that he had. And uh, I think we can spend forever just thinking about this, but I love this little story of a little boy who had a boat that he had made. He, some of you are laughing, you might know the story. <laughs> Little boy had a boat and he'd made this boat and he would play with this boat all the time. But one day he lost the boat on the river and he saw that as he was walking down the street, because he couldn't catch the boat and I'm probably telling the story a little bit wrong. But as he was walking down the street, he looked in the store and he saw his boat for sale in the store. Someone had rescued his little boat, not knowing it belonged to him, taken it and was trying to sell it. Uh, to make a profit. So he went in and he told the owner, he said, that boat belongs to me. I made it. And the owner said, well, you might have, but that's not how I received it. It was, you know, I received it a different way and I'm going to sell it. So the little boy went, he counted his savings, his pocket money, and he took what he had once he'd saved up enough to buy back the boat that he had made. And the punchline of the little story is, as he walks out of the shop, he hugs the little boat to himself and he says, ah, you're mine twice. Once because I made you and twice because I bought you. And when we think about ourselves, we're God's twice. Once because he made us and twice because he has purchased us, not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Jesus. And uh, when we look at the cross, 
well, we might look at ourselves and we might think, I don't know how God's salvation could ever work in my life. You don't know sure as to where I've been. But when we look at the cross, we cannot see how we could be lost because God offers to us such a full and free and strong salvation. Thank you for listening to Adventism 101. If you like this talk, make sure you tell your friends. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening right now. This conversation was brought to you from the North New South Wales Evangelism Team and recorded during Big Camp 2022.